0: Hello and welcome to this second episode of the Future of Wealth Management podcast. I'm your host, Ville Fahler, and today we're speaking to Anne Libgott of Americans Welcome. We will be discussing why the Swiss Financial Center and Swiss Wealth Management in particular is still relevant to North American clients, the relative competitive advantages of Swiss Wealth Management, And how Swiss wealth management can go into the future and compete in an increasingly internationalized, regulated and changing landscape. You can find Anne at americanswelcome.swiss. That's the main website. She also runs americanswelcome-expats.swiss, which is for American expats. With that said, let's get into the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Anne. Very happy to have you on as a guest. So uh, could you briefly explain to us uh, a little what it is you do and um, a little bit about yourself?
1: Thank you for having me. Um, As a Swiss Canadian Danish national, I grew up in Canada, the US and Switzerland and I've always been internationally minded and cross-border and it has always been a natural to have uh, relationships around the world, personal and professional and um, I have a marketing communication and business development background. And um, I run the Americans Welcome Switzerland platforms. Uh, one is focused on uh, U.S. American citizens domiciled in the U.S. And the other platform is focused on American expats in Switzerland.
0: Okay. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about what, uh, what specifically did you see? Why did you uh, start Americans Welcome? Sure, that's quite a quite an interesting story, given uh, the colorful history of Swiss American relations, especially in finance.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, about five years ago, I had a mandate from a Swiss insurance broker to handle their U.S. inquiries. They were um, involved in these uh, private placement life insurance uh, products and so on. And in doing so, I was in contact with, uh, you know, over a couple of years, basically with hundreds of American clients that were interested in getting established in Switzerland. Uh, they were interested in getting a bank account, but they didn't know where to start. And they were also very concerned that they would get things right, right from the beginning. They were a little bit concerned about getting into a situation where it might have some consequences down the road, which they couldn't actually expect at the beginning. So they actually needed a lot of advice on how to get started and where to go.
0: I guess one of the things people probably feared around that time, especially, was the U.S. introduced FATCA and also slapped down quite hard on... On banks that have been active, kind of covertly, uh, in the United States, how, how do you see how do you see that history?
1: Well, that's true. Um, the U.S government when obama was elected uh they made a crackdown a, cr- a rather heavy-handed crackdown on u.s tax evaders and uh, switzerland with its uh, proverbial you know we know it from the movies you know secret bank accounts and, and and banking secrecy and so on they were actually um let's say hard hit at the beginning to kind of serve as an example for the rest of the world and indeed um there was some suffering going on all around because of that. And uh, FATCA was introduced, though, a few years later, as a matter of fact, when the U.S. decided that all foreign banks um, in the world need to be able, or have to report uh, their U.S. clients and their holdings on a regular, on a regular basis. And uh, that, of course, led to a lot of foreign banks, inclusive Swiss banks, to say they didn't want to work with uh, American clients anymore.
0: Do, do you think um, that period did any damage to the Swiss financial center in terms of the reputation, had a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to, um, to U.S. activity and regulation?
1: Well, yes and no. Of course, uh, Switzerland was not able to maintain that so-called proverbial banking secrecy as um, had been in the past. So from that point of view, yes, if You're were out to evade taxes in your own country, uh, then, of course, Switzerland was no longer the place to go. And on the other hand, though, Switzerland uh, readily adopted a white money policy and also um, joined the OECD, Global Forum on Transparency in Exchange, in 2018, and let's say came clean, and now they only manage uh, fully declared assets.
0: I guess, I guess that's quite a big culture change here in Switzerland, going from having decades of yeah, seeing, I would say, culturally seeing money as a utility. It's, it's not my problem where you got it or how you use it. Uh, how, how do you see uh, Swiss wealth managers and, and banks adjusting to that culture shift?
1: Well, I think there was a very easy adjustment to that because Switzerland has not lost its competitive advantage since then. And, uh, of course, you know, we have the long-term political and economic stability and the AAA rating with a stable outlook. Switzerland's neutrality, of course, and the state-of-the-art financial services industry is, is a big help. In that remains, of course, that's been the same, and that continues to remain. And that's why um, Switzerland is still worldwide, is still respected as, like, the place to be for cross-border asset management. The managers themselves, I think they have... Um, Become very careful in making sure that when a U.S. client is involved, that all the know-your-client procedures, anti-money laundering procedures, that they are actually completely done in complete detail.
0: That's um, it's definitely been a been a sea change in in the approach that the institutions have to take here. So. You know, in, in the present day, why should or U.S. US residents uh, or U.S. person consider looking to Switzerland for their investments? I guess we've we have touched on a, on a few of those things with the stability and long history. But do you see any, any other reasons?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, there were always legitimate reasons for banking in Switzerland. And there were the majority of the clients did declare their assets properly, and they did do it properly. It was just a small fraction of the Swiss banking industry that was involved in these in these let's say tax evasion tax evasion kind of clients. Um, I'd say that a U.S. resident, a U.S. client, one of the main reasons they like to hold assets in Switzerland is, like you mentioned, because of Switzerland's stability and so on, you have this geographical diversification, meaning you're just holding some funds out of your own domestic banking system. That means if you're abroad, you can have easy access to your funds without having to be uh, within the U.S. banking system. And another very important point is like long-term preservation. Um, they like the idea, you know, Switzerland has always, often been called a fortress you know, for holding assets and so on. And it still holds true that when there's times of volatility or times of uh, insecurity, that people from around the world, they like to park or bank their assets in Switzerland.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's certainly true. If you look at the kind of capitalization and capital ratios of, of US banks compared to Swiss banks. Um, personally, I'd be a lot more comfortable having, having my money, uh, money with a Swiss bank.
1: Um, well, they say, excuse me, they say yeah. that there's always a Swiss touch. When there's rules and regulations, new ones being brought out, the Switzerland always has the Swiss polish to it. So they always go a step beyond what the requirements are.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly seems, uh, seems like that, especially where financial stability is concerned. So say uh, you're a US-based person, how difficult is it to get set up uh, in Switzerland these days? So uh, I know Swiss wealth managers tend to operate on, it's called the external asset manager model, where assets are usually held with a custodian bank. So there's kind of two parties involved there. But how, how difficult is it to, to get set up now if I'm, say, based in New York or something and I want to work with a Swiss wealth manager?
1: Actually, it's very easy. And sometimes the U.S. investor, they're surprised at how easy it is. They're expecting it to be much more complicated, but it actually isn't. Um, Swiss custodian banks will uh, open an account for an American investor without any problem if they work together with a Swiss SEC registered investment advisor. And there are approximately 60 Swiss investment advisors that have registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States to be able to work with American clients without any restrictions. And there you can actually even open your account and, and uh, uh, begin your relationship with the Swiss wealth manager without even leaving home. You don't need to come to Switzerland to do it.
0: Actually quite, uh, quite smooth. And I'm actually a little bit surprised that it's only about 60 wealth managers in, in Switzerland, given I think on last count, I've heard there's something like 3000 independents in, in Switzerland. So they're probably quite a, quite a good position to, to get a lot of uh, new business uh, these days.
1: Well, the thing is, the Swiss SEC registered investment advisors, they come in all shapes and sizes. You have uh, a few that come from big banks. Then you have another uh, portion, they are independent external asset managers, uh, but they're also backed by their, let's say, Swiss private banking groups, smaller ones. Then you have the complete independent ones. And then it goes all the way down to the one-man show. So there are about, like I said, all in, there are 60 of them. Uh, Not all of them are really out there to expand their business. They've just registered with the SEC because they've had some uh, important clients to do so. But there are a group of them out there that are actually uh, very interested in uh, gaining new clients from the U.S.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what what do you see uh, if you're not based in Switzerland as a as a client? What what do you see the main competitive advantages of Swiss wealth management being compared to say Luxembourg, Singapore or UK or the UK or other big wealth management jurisdictions?
1: Okay well like we've mentioned you know uh, Switzerland's very long long-term stability and their neutrality and so on makes it kind of like the safest place in an increasingly unsafe world to hold assets but if we're you know completely honest everybody basically cooks with water so what does make the difference in Switzerland It has to be the Swiss quality service, it has to be the reliability, it has to be the quality of the asset managers, their education, their long-term view, and their ability to be very client-centric and to um, go, you know, individual client needs and take that very into consideration in the long term.
0: Yeah, I think we've already touched there on, on a little bit of swiss wealth management can differentiate in the future um, as well so looking at the at the kind of other side of the coin say you're a, a swiss wealth manager and you want to start serving u.s clients what do you see as as the steps to to start get started effectively to to start attracting u.s clients
1: well, basically, you have to register with the SEC. That's the first step that you have to do. And registering with the SEC, um, sometimes people think that must be a long and complicated procedure, but it actually isn't. It can be done online. Uh, it just has to fulfill all the requirements. There's a SEC Part 1 registration, then there's a, what they call an SEC Part 2 brochure, which is a narrative form of how you run your business, your fees, how you do your asset management, what kind of clients you have, etc. And these documents, they have to be submitted to the SEC. And then it takes approximately two months. And uh, if everything's fine, your your submission will be accepted. And then you're registered as an SEC, uh, SEC registered investment advisor. And there you go from there to actually acquire your clients. Like I mentioned before, there's quite a few of these um, uh, investment advisors in Switzerland who have had um, American clients, maybe ones that have decided to move to the United States and so on. They become a U.S. person. So they're doing it for that reason. They're registering for that. Um, The next step uh, is, of course, maintaining all the regulations on an ongoing basis. So the SCC has what I like to call a scheme of things. And that's basically just keeping books. It's basically keeping records of everything you do and so on. And they have to be kept up to date and at hand at all times. When you want to acquire new clients in the United States, I mean, it's a, it's a huge market, of course. And basically you're only addressing the top 1%. So it's not the easiest thing to um you know knock on the door of a hollywood star and say listen we have some swiss wealth management ideas for you
0: no certainly not Um, i think that's probably the most challenging part for for any business it's um finding new clients and new sources of growth but I, i think it sounds from the regulatory aspect my impression of it is that we have this kind of regulatory convergence globally which means Serving US clients from a regulatory perspective is probably not going to be that much different from serving EU or Swiss clients?
1: No, well, the thing is, these regulations are all in place to protect the client. That's the idea behind it. It's to protect the client from um, misuse or from. you know, analyzing risk the wrong way or having unsuitable products and so on. What it does mean, though, is is when it's a heightened regulatory atmosphere, it also means that uh, the banks are having to, you know, be a bit more discerning of who the clients are going to be. So it's a bit of a two-way street. On the one hand, the clients are being protected. But on the other hand, the banks might say, you know, we can't serve you because we're not sure you know about all these regulatory things as far as it, as far as it contern, uh, pertains to you.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess there's a, a cost side to it that if you don't have enough assets under management uh, from a, from a given client, it's not profitable to to actually serve them.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we talked a lot about wealth management in particular, but um, in a broader sense, uh, what else can Switzerland offer to U.S. high net worth individuals?
1: Yeah, Switzerland is of course a preferred location for many things. It's a preferred location for residency. It's a preferred location for international schools for their children. Uh, it's also preferred to establish a company in Switzerland. This is basically due all to the regulatory atmosphere that we have here, uh, preciseness, you know, accuracy, uh, an excellent tax treatment of new companies and so on. And uh, it could certainly be worth its while, even though there are some hurdles to overcome.
0: Yeah. Uh, So where do you see the Swiss Financial Center and and perhaps wealth management in particular going in the next five to 10 years, obviously with technological changes, with um, changing trends of uh, client preferences and and a changing uh, regulatory climate? Are there any trends uh, worth keeping an eye on? Uh, Do do you see how, how firms will adapt to this?
1: Well, I think it's impossible to have a vision about how the financial center will really look like in 10 years down the road. There's so many changes and they're happening so rapidly, going digital, cryptocurrencies, blockchain. Um, It's just, you don't know what's going to happen in five to 10 years. But I think what's going to be maintained despite all the new technology, is that you're going to have a traditional Swiss quality approach. You're going to have innovation. You're going to have a very client-centric attitude and service. And the new regulatory obligations commencing in 2020, of course, they're going to drastically affect the business of a lot of, especially let's say external asset managers of the smaller sort. And probably, we're waiting for it to happen, they will probably join forces more often to be able to handle the new regulatory environment. So there will be fewer, stronger, consolidated institutions and wealth managers.
0: Yeah, I guess from my perspective, one way I could see this going is you have effectively technology augmenting the typically Swiss qualities, uh, because I think, yeah, the, the client centricness, that's certainly something that requires both people and technology in the future, perhaps.
1: Well, I think especially when you take a look at you, go, you're moving from your traditional Swiss banking with your traditional client base of people that, let us say, are baby boomers and older. And now you're getting into the next generation, with, you know, which everyone likes to call the millennials. And of course, the millennials, they have a complete different level of education, of information and expectations as well from their private banking or from their wealth manager. And that is going to have to, uh, also be picked up on by the Swiss banks and the asset managers themselves, and I'd say they're working on it very well. Yeah, I think that's
0: definitely an adaptation that will need to be be made how to how to attract the younger generations, certainly. so uh, anything else you'd like to, to add to to the subjects that we've talked about, anything uh, that you think we've missed out on?
1: Well, I'd just like to mention, of course, when we were talking about how easy it is to get established in Switzerland for a U.S. For a US investor is uh, the platform AmericansWelcome.Swiss was created especially for that. It's building a bridge between U.S. investors looking to get established in Switzerland and list Swiss service providers, be it an SEC registered investment advisor or a trust advisor or real estate or a lawyer and so on so that helps the u.s client to get established in switzerland without even leaving home
0: okay okay i think that covers most of the material that we had planned so thank you very much you can find out more about Anne lieb and americans welcome at AmericansWelcome.swiss. dot swiss that's the url you can find her at uh, please do check it out. And thank you very much for tuning in to this second episode. Hopefully we'll be back soon enough, either with another guest or I will be rambling on about a relevant subject. We'll just have to see, but we'll definitely have more guests on. And thanks again, Anne, for
1: being on. It's It was very interesting indeed. Thank you. Bye.